Section 29 of The Myths of the New World. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Pamela Krantz. The Myths of the New World by Daniel Brinton. Chapter 11, Part 2. Transfer the field of observation to Yucatan, and we find in Zamna, to New Grenada, and in Nemcateba, to Peru, and in Viracocha, or his reflex Manco Capac, the lineaments of Quetzalcoatl, modified indeed by difference of blood and temperament, but each combining in himself all the qualities most esteemed by their several nations. Were one or all of these proved to be historical personages, still the fact remains that the primitive religious sentiment, investing them with the best attributes of humanity, dwelling on them as its models, worshipping them as gods, contained a kernel of truth potent to encourage moral excellence. But if they were mythical, then this truth was of spontaneous growth, self-developed by the growing distinctness of the idea of God, a living witness that the religious sense, like every other faculty, has within itself a power of endless evolution. If we inquire the secret of the happier influence of this element in natural worship, it is all contained in one word, its humanity. The ideal of morality, says the contemplative Novalis, has no more dangerous rival than the ideal of the greatest strength, of the most vigorous life, the brute ideal, das Tier ideal. Culture advances in proportion as man recognizes what faculties are peculiar to him as man, and devotes himself to their education. The moral value of religions can be very precisely estimated by the human or the brutal character of their gods. The worship of Quetzalcoatl in the city of Mexico was subordinate to that of lower conceptions, and consequently the more sanguinary and immoral were the rites there practiced. The Algonquins, who knew no other meaning for Machabo than the great hair, had lost by a false etymology the best part of their religion. Looking around for other standards wherewith to measure the progress of the knowledge of divinity in the new world, prayer suggests itself as one of the least deceptive. Prayer, to quote again the words of Novalis, is in religion what thought is in philosophy. The religious sense prays as the reason thinks. Guizot, carrying the analysis farther, thinks that it is prompted by a painful conviction of the inability of our will to conform to the dictates of reason. Originally it was connected with the belief that divine caprice, not divine law, governs the universe, and that material benefits rather than spiritual gifts are to be desired. The gradual recognition of its limitations and proper objects marks religious advancement. The Lord's Prayer contains seven petitions, only one of which is for a temporal advantage, and it the least that can be asked for. What immeasurable interval between it and the prayer of the Nootka Indian on preparing for war! Great Quahutse, let me live, not be sick, find the enemy, not fear him, find him asleep, and kill a great many of him. Or again between it and the petition of a Huron to a local god, heard by Father Brebeuf. Oki, thou who livest in this spot, I offer thee tobacco. Help us, save us from shipwreck. 
defend us from our enemies give us a good trade and bring us back safe and sound to our villages this is a fair specimen of the supplications of the lowest religion another equally authentic is given by father alloway in sixteen seventy he penetrated to an outlying algonquin village never before visited by a white man the inhabitants startled by his pale face and long black gown took him for a divinity they invited him to the council lodge a circle of old men gathered around him and one of them approaching him with a double handful of tobacco thus addressed him the others grunting approval this indeed is well black robe that thou dost visit us have mercy upon us thou art a manito we give thee to smoke the now Dawesis and Iroquois are devouring us. Have mercy upon us. We are often sick. Our children die. We are hungry. Have mercy upon us. Hear me, O Manito. I give thee to smoke. Let the earth yield us corn. The rivers give us fish. Sickness not slay us, nor hunger so torment us. Hear us, O Manito. We give thee to smoke. In this rude but touching petition, wrung from the heart of a miserable people, nothing but the wretchedness is visible not the faintest trace of an aspiration for spiritual enlightenment cheers the eye of the philanthropist not the remotest conception that through suffering we are purified can be detected by the side of these examples we may place the prayers of peru and mexico forms composed by the priests written out committed to memory and repeated at certain seasons they are not less authentic, having been collected and translated in the first generation after the conquest. One to Viracocha Pachacamac was as follows. O Pachacamac, thou who hast existed from the beginning and shalt exist unto the end, powerful and pitiful, who createdst man by saying, Let man be, who defendest us from evil and preservest our life and health, art thou in the sky or in the earth, in the clouds or in the depths, hear the voice of him who implores thee and grant him his petitions give us life everlasting preserve us and accept this our sacrifice in the voluminous specimens of aztec prayers preserved by sahagan moral improvement the spiritual gift is very rarely if at all the object desired health harvests propitious rains release from pain preservation from dangers illness and defeat these are the almost unvarying themes but here and there we catch a glimpse of something better some dim sense of the divine beauty of suffering some feeble glimmering of the grand truth so nobly expressed by the poet o debusens tifa der stromt gedein der festen duldung und entschlossener set nicht schmerz ist unglück glück nicht immer freude is it possible says one of them that this scourge this affliction is sent to us not for our correction and improvement but for our destruction and annihilation o merciful lord let this chastisement with which thou hast visited us thy people be as those which a father or mother inflicts on their children not out of anger but to the end that they may be free from follies and vices Another formula, used when a chief was elected to some important position, reads, O Lord, open his eyes and give him light, sharpen his ears and give him understanding, not that he may use them to his own advantage, but for the good of the people he rules. 
lead him to know and to do thy will let him be as a trumpet which sounds thy words keep him from the commission of injustice and oppression at first good and evil are identical with pleasure and pain luck and ill luck the good are good warriors and hunters said a pawnee chief which would also be the opinion of a wolf if he could express it gradually the eyes of the mind are opened and it is perceived that whom he loveth he chastiseth and physical give place to moral ideas of good and evil finally as the idea of god rises more distinctly before the soul as the one by whom in whom and through whom all things are evil is seen to be the negation not the opposite of good and itself a porch oft opening on the sun the influence of these religions on art science and social life must also be weighed in estimating their value nearly all the remains of american plastic art sculpture and painting were obviously designed for religious purposes idols of stone wood or baked clay were found in every indian tribe without exception so far as i can judge and in only a few directions do these arts seem to have been applied to secular purposes the most ambitious attempts of architecture it is plain were inspired by religious fervor the great pyramid of cholula the enormous mounds of the mississippi valley the elaborate edifices on artificial hills in yucatan were miniature representations of the mountains hallowed by tradition the hill of heaven the peak on which their ancestors escaped in the flood or that in the terrestrial paradise from which flow the rains their construction took men away from war and the chase encouraged agriculture peace and a settled disposition and fostered the love of property of country and of the gods the priests were also close observers of nature and were the first to discover its simpler laws the aztecs ages were as devoted star-gazers as the chaldeans and their calendar bears unmistakable marks of native growth and of its original purpose to fix the annual festivals writing by means of pictures and symbols was cultivated chiefly for religious ends and the word hieroglyph is a witness that the phonetic alphabet was discovered under the stimulus of the religious sentiment most of the aboriginal literature was composed and taught by the priests and most of it refers to matters connected with their superstitions as the gifts of votaries and the erection of temples enriched the sacerdotal order individually and collectively the terrors of religion were lent to the secular arm to enforce the rights of property music poetic scenic and historical recitations formed parts of the ceremonies of the more civilized nations and national unity was strengthened by a common shrine an act of barter and amulets lucky stones and charms existed all over the continent to a much greater extent than we might think as experience demonstrates that nothing so efficiently promotes civilization as the free and peaceful intercourse of man with man i lay particular stress on the common custom of making pilgrimages the temple on the island of cozumel in yucatan was visited every year by such multitudes from all parts of the peninsula that roads paved with cut stones had been constructed from the neighboring shore to the principal cities of the interior each village of the muiscas is said to have had a beaten path to lake guadavida so numerous were the devotees who journeyed to the shrine there located 
in peru the temples of pachacama rimac and other famous gods were repaired to by countless numbers from all parts of the realm and from other provinces within a radius of three hundred leagues around houses of entertainment were established on all the principal roads and near the temples for their accommodation and when they made known the object of their journey they were allowed a safe passage even through an enemy's territory the more carefully we study history the more important in our eyes will become the religious sense it is almost the only faculty peculiar to man it concerns him nearer than aught else it is the key to his origin and destiny as such it merits in all its developments the most earnest attention an attention we shall find well repaid in the clearer conceptions we thus obtain of the forces which control the actions and fates of individuals and nations end of section twenty nine chapter eleven part two end of the myths of the new world by daniel brinton recording by pamela Krantz.